Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Real with Sandra and Friends, a workplace consortium podcast brought to you by Relogix. I'm excited to be sharing conversational musings about current events and how we envision the ever-changing world of work. I'm Sandra Panera, Director of Workplace Insights at Relogix. With 25 years of hands-on experience, I help value engineer global workplace portfolios and employee experiences by aligning workplace analytics with corporate real estate needs. Have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future podcasts? Please drop me a line at podcast at relogics.com. This week, I'd like to welcome a special guest, Amina Moreau. Amina is the CEO and co-founder of an online platform that's dedicated to making work more flexible, equitable, and healthy. As she grows Radius.pro, a marketplace often dubbed the Airbnb of workspaces, she's expanding the conversation beyond the all-too-binary office versus work from home and is exploring the value of third places. She believes that remote work doesn't have to be lonely or contribute to burnout and that if we lean into third places as opportunities to gather remotely and to foster work-life separation, we can create a healthier, more equitable future of work. So welcome, Amina. Very happy to have you with me today. We crossed paths, I guess, through a mutual contact of ours. I believe Dan Barham, who was a previous podcast guest, suggested that you and I connect. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Well, thanks very much for having me. It, it seems like we have expanded circles that, that we both spend time in and what fascinating circles they are with the future of work and everything that has been happening from a seismic shift perspective. My, you know, my background is very entrepreneurial and I come from a very different space. I come from marketing and filmmaking and uh, communication psychology and it wasn't until the middle of the pandemic that the idea for this startup that I'm running now came to be. And without the pandemic, the idea never would have surfaced. I just I know that without a shadow of a doubt. And it ended up taking me in a very different direction career wise. But it's very timely and it's very exciting. And I'm, I'm very happy to be here and uh, to get to share a little bit about it with you. That's fantastic. Um, so I'm always curious in terms of, you know, how you ended up in the real estate space. And obviously, like you just said, your your background is not in corporate real estate. But tell us a little bit about your your startup and your company, because I'm, I'm very excited to share that with our with our audience. Sure thing. So Radius is a B2B marketplace for on demand workspaces that are down the street from your house, okay? So imagine walking three doors down to your neighbor's guest house turned office and getting some work-life separation and maybe seeing colleagues again, but staying right in your neighborhood. So effectively, it's very similar to Airbnb in concept, but instead of overnight accommodations, we provide great workspaces. And critically, because they're in residences, like the one that I'm in actually right now, um, We're in residential neighborhoods, so we cut the commute down uh, and maybe even eliminate it if you're just walking um, to to your neighbor's place. When you're pitching to, you know, investors or even talking to clients, the first thing that jumps to mind is, you know, how are users responding to this? It's like, well, if I can work from home, why would I opt to go work at a house three, four doors down from where Mm -hmm. I live? 
Yeah, it's it's a very good question, because I think over the last two years, we've gotten used to the convenience of just walking to the next room and boom, we're online, we're ready to go. And I'm not saying that doesn't that doesn't have value. But after extended periods of time of working from home, some people start to myself included uh, start to experience feelings of burnout because we are living at the office when we work from home and it can be very difficult to disconnect at the end of the day. So that's one challenge. The other thing is that it can feel isolating when we're working from home. We are necessarily not with our colleagues, at least not in person and zoom and teams and all these other digital tools. They're, they're great because they're efficient, but do you build the same sort of relationships and deepen that that camaraderie that you might have when you're meeting in person. And, you know, just from a, a logistical standpoint, you're probably not going to have an in-person meeting with 10 people in your own living room. You're, you're going to have to go somewhere, whether it's to the corporate office or to a coffee shop or to a space like ours. And uh, but the thing about coffee shops is that they're a little louder. You don't know what kind of Wi-Fi you're going to get. And they're not, they're not very private. So if you have to have a private conversation, you might want to go some, somewhere that is a little bit more secluded. And so what, what I love about what we're building is that we basically bring the best of the office, that work-life separation and in-person collaboration, and the best of work from home, that convenience, the time savings, the cost savings, the fuel savings, and and combine the best of both in a third place. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the privacy and, you know, security aspect of work, which I know from prior uh, experiences and conversations with, you know, different people and organizations around, you know, working from the coffee shop and the potential exposure, you know, to IP, you know, people hovering over your shoulder and looking at, you know, what you're doing, although I've never personally experienced that. And it seems that everybody's, you know, feels comfortable with working in public spaces. It's just part of what we do, but yet there's still this this sort of awareness that we all need to have around privacy that I think a solution like yours kind of eliminates to some extent because you're in sort of more of a private space to be able to do that, kind of like working from home, but as you say, you get that little bit of separation. So mm-hmm. what has been the the uptake with respect to your uh, your startup? Well, it's definitely... It's been a very interesting journey, especially through the various pandemic waves, because obviously when people feel less safe being together in person, then collaborative spaces see a little bit of a dip in business. And so in January, when the Omicron spike happened, we definitely saw people behaving a little bit more safely and we were happy about that. But as more people are vaccinated and and more people have simply gotten sick and, and that immunity is starting to kick in, that herd immunity. People are starting to feel more comfortable being together in person again. And so uh, since the Omicron wave has died down, we've seen month over month growth at significant rates. And it's been both individual working professionals that book and pay out of pocket for, you know, 
one day, you know, here and there, if they are doing renovations in their home or they need to, you know, they need a space in order to meet with a client or something like that. Um, but then also companies. And we're having more and more companies book our spaces for things like offsites, team building, and even just regular everyday work where people might get together in person um, without necessarily a scheduled meeting, just to be around each other, just to co-work or do co-located work. And we're seeing more and more of that which has been great. In fact, next week we're going to be announcing um, expansion into our second market, which is oh, exciting. exciting for us. Yeah. How exciting. So um, in terms of the number of people that go into these spaces, what are you seeing from like a sizing perspective? Like, is it large groups? Is it smaller, like two, three people? Is it one person? What, what are you seeing? I would say that our sweet spot is anywhere between five and 12 people. And that's kind of a big range. But if you look at this space here, you know, the space that I'm in right now is effectively, it's also listed on Airbnb per night. Of course, we're a per day platform. But the room that I'm sitting in right now, this is a two bedroom condo. It's got one bath. Uh, full kitchen. It, I'm sitting right now at the dining table, which doubles as a boardroom table, and it has four, six seats. I've got two couches behind me with uh, with a presentation space that has a TV with HDMI, so you could do a presentation with slides. And we've had people book this space for eight, an eight-person offsite. But you could also just as easily book this for two people if you just wanted to get together with a friend and have have a day together. Our smallest space is a tiny home. <laughs> Actually, tied for tied for smallest is probably also the 1970s Airstream, and and those two can accommodate one to two people comfortably. And then our largest space right now can accommodate 30, and then we've got everything in between. So you basically just use search filters on our search results page to filter by the size of space you need, how many hours you need it for, whether you need AV, whether you need super fast Wi-Fi speeds, sit-stand desks, basically all kinds of amenities. If you need them, you just search for them. Interesting. So you you mentioned Airbnb. So one of the things that I'm thinking of, and probably our listeners are too, is well, why wouldn't you just go to Airbnb and just book a space for the day or the night or whatever in order like why why would you need to have a separate yeah tool or business to do that well it, the answer actually is what you kind of alluded to it in the way that you asked the question because as you were asking you sort of went back and forth between well why wouldn't you book airbnb by by the day or by the night well that's the thing is you can't book airbnb by the day so okay. let's say you need one nine to five day with airbnb You've got check out at four, sorry, check in at 4 p.m. and check out at 10 or 11 the next morning. So in order to get one full day of work, you actually need, would need to book two nights on Airbnb. And so you'd have to pay double in order to get one day. And what if you don't need nights? Because you're a local company with local teams and all you need is a space from 10 in the morning until 3 p.m. to do a meeting and then a working lunch, then why would you pay for two nights of Airbnb if you only need five or six hours in the day? So that's one of the biggest differences. And then the other is simply amenities, because with Airbnb, they're about overnight stays and, and vacations and whatnot, right? So 
you know that you're going to have comfortable beds and a great, you know, shower and all of those things. But when it comes to workplace amenities with us, you're getting monitors, you're getting faster internet speed, you're getting sit-stand desks. We are a work place platform and so our while a lot of our properties are also listed on Airbnb we've taken the time to work with our hosts to customize these spaces to make them far more work friendly than they ever would have been if they were just browsing Airbnb interesting it's fascinating because one of the things that i have seen in the last the last while certainly since the pandemic is you know with fewer and fewer people opting to go to the office and more and more companies looking to become remote first. Um, you know, a lot of companies are looking to still have their, you know, team get together, right? And so they'll be, especially if, the, if they're smaller companies where they'll do, you know, teaming offsites. So, if, you know, if it's a business unit or, you know, if it's a startup or a smaller organization, they'll basically get together once a quarter and I've heard from many companies where they actually go to an Airbnb to do that that offsite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's interesting to see the shift where previously they they might have gone to a hotel or they might have gone to you know some other venue to do their offsite. But now the Airbnb type environment seems to be the new place to to go and have these offsites. Can you sort of provide any insights as to why that might be the case? I think part of it is because over the last two years, people have simply gotten used to the comforts of home. And more corporate spaces, whether they're hotel conference rooms or even a conference room at a WeWork or something like that, it doesn't have temperature control, doesn't have operable windows necessarily, doesn't have the the kind of comfort that you would have in a home. The other thing is that those other more corporate options are a little more cookie cutter, whereas with a platform like Airbnb or Radius, you're getting a different space every time you book, if you want that. You can become a regular at one of the spaces if you particularly love it and want that consistency, but the difference between Airbnb and, let's say, going with a hotel chain is that with that hotel chain, you know exact, you're going to have the exact same experience every single time you book. With an Airbnb-type platform, you're, you can choose and have a completely different experience every time. And when companies are doing off-sites, the whole point is an experience. Otherwise, you would just do an on-site. And so it just provides you with extra amenities and uh, something to write home about, something to Instagram, something to share with your family and friends when you get home. And I think go deeper with team building. You said a lot of great things in that in that last uh, paragraph. Um, so the first thing is the comforts of home. Absolutely agree. I know in a previous conversation we talked about how when I was doing analytics in workplaces and surveying employees, temperature control was always like the number one issue that people complained about the office because you don't have personal control over the temperature within your immediate workspace. So it was either too hot or too cold. Maybe this has become more important, at least it has for me uh, as a result of the pandemic, because I love the outdoors. And so I don't care how cold it gets outside. Windows are always open. 
I don't care, yeah. you know, any time of year, the windows are always open. And I love that about working from home because I can open the window in my office and always get sort of fresh air or just even step out to the outside, which again, in, in the office environment, most towers don't have the ability to open uh, open windows. Actually, last week I was at a I was at an offsite at our uh, office in Ottawa. I stayed at a hotel. I stay at this particular hotel because you can actually open the windows, <laughs> which is not common wow. in, a, in a towered building, right? So yeah, so yeah, so I, I think that that's that's really interesting. But then the other thing also that you said about the whole like Instagrammable sort of experience, which is something that is also seems to be picking up some popularity as well you hear that more and more of like people just being able to share their experiences I'm curious to hear your thoughts because I hear this from you know the landlord side so people that are in traditional buildings a lot of talk about amenities and kind of the idea of bringing more amenities into the traditional space do you think that 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 offers uh the kind of experience that that employees or users would be looking for or is it still too traditional and restrictive? I think it's yet to be determined. Honestly, I do think that it's smart of companies to take if they're stuck in a lease and they can't really do anything about it. So at the very least, put some effort into making it more attractive to visit, even if it's just once in a while. Whatever those amenities are, I think is going to differ from company to company and also from employee to employee and what's important to them. So I do think it's important to make that effort. However, I think that the biggest barrier to coming back to the office isn't the lack of amenities. It's the commute. It's the time and it's the cost of commuting. We've gotten a significant chunk of our lives back as we were forced to work from home. And in the beginning, when we were forced into it, it wasn't necessarily healthy because we had nowhere else to escape to. And now we do have places that we can go to. But the idea, especially if the commute is arduous and in certain cities, it really can be. And you're sitting on the road maybe for an hour for a five mile ride. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's it's frustrating. It's bad for the environment. It's taking time away from other things that you might be doing with your life and add that up across five days per week for 30 years or however long we 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 work in our careers. I mean, it's it's not insignificant. So no matter how many snacks we put in the in the lunchroom and foosball tables or or even just comfy chairs or we install operable windows, I think it's going to help some. But yeah, I would is agree. Is it going to result in people coming in five days a week? No, no. I, and I would agree with that. It's funny because it makes me think about, I would say, maybe 10 years ago, eight to 10 years ago, where this new trend had started. Uh, they called it resumercial, which was mm-hmm. the idea of bringing the comforts of home or the design into the workplace. So you'd have like the design was kind of mimicking the living room, the kitchen, the you know dining room, sort of the spaces that you typically would use in your home in the office, but it never really fully took off because I think it's again it's it's a workplace environment, very traditional. There's it's just not the same, right? Home is home, office is office, and there's always been sort of that um, that delineation. But what's interesting about your your business and kind of what you're what you're saying, especially around the commute, because I think it's absolutely true that, you know, the commute is 
the, the biggest pain point for the user that it doesn't matter how many amenities and, you know, things that you're going to throw out there to try to entice people to come back. If the commute is not convenient, people just are not going to do it. Um, how does community play into your thing? Because we do hear a lot about that. I mean, we know that, you know, WeWork was built off of this concept of building a community. So how mm-hmm. does that how does that play into your your model? Uh, community is huge. We are social beings. And so being isolated in our work from home situations until the end of time is not going to be healthy. So one of the things that I am super excited about for Radius is that we are helping people a get out of the house, just period for that work life separation, but maybe even more importantly, seeing other people again, but in conveniently located workspaces so you're not driving 20 30 40 60 minutes to a central office but because we've focused on these residential neighborhoods there could be one just around the corner and if you have coworkers that live within even just a medium vicinity but it's closer than the corporate office then you can get together either casually or for some kind of scheduled formal formal meeting uh i will also say that In this future of work conversation, the term proximity bias has started making the rounds about how those people who choose to work from home more often than those who come into the corporate office may end up becoming disproportionately uh, disadvantaged when it comes to growth opportunities in their organization, because if they are less seen, if their work is less seen because of this proximity bias, they simply may not have the same kind of opportunities as somebody that's coming to to the office. Um, and I'm not necessarily condoning, well, then let's force everybody to, back to the office or let's force everybody to be remote. But I think that there are ways to mitigate this. And it's, again, another reason why I'm excited for these more hyper local workspaces where you can be seen. If you think about the types of people that are most likely to be in that boat, it's parents, it's working moms, it's it's people who are already disadvantaged in the workplace and struggling for equality. And so now if they take their employer up on the very generous offer to work remotely more of the time, could it backfire? And I think it could if we're not careful. So I'm, I, I think we need to be having conversations like this more often. Yeah, no, those are, those are all valid points. Um, so from a costing perspective, you touched upon this a little bit earlier, but who ultimately pays for the use of the space? Well, we actually have two pricing models. So the first one is very similar to the Airbnb model, where anybody can go on the platform at any time, browse spaces in their area, and book and pay out of pocket. So we're making it available to working professionals, freelancers, people who are self-employed, or employees that might work for a bigger company, but they just need a space for themselves and are willing to pay for it themselves. The second way is through employer subscriptions. We believe that great workplaces should be a workplace benefit, that employees shouldn't have to pay, especially if their company is already saving millions of dollars on office space because they let go of their lease or they sold their building. Then why should it be on the employee to provide that space? 
especially if it's a mental health thing. And it will absolutely benefit the company. So companies are now joining Radius on a subscription basis, and they're prepaying for spaces on uh, on a monthly basis. And that enables their teams to log on, and our platform recognizes them as belonging to this employer ID, and now they can book a space entirely for free because it's been covered by their company. Well, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. So when you say prepay, like, do they? Is it work like a hotel where you you sort of guarantee so many, I guess, room days instead of room nights? <laughs> It's sort of like that. It we basically agree on a monthly dollar amount, and that dollar amount then becomes kind of like a gift card credit. So then, if an employee goes and let's say they book a space for two hundred bucks for the day, then that two hundred dollars simply gets depleted from the overall account credit. And at the end of the month, then if there's a little bit left over, then we'll roll over the balance to the next month. And if it looks like they're going to run out of credit prematurely, then we let them know and we talk about topping up. That's very interesting. So, from a company size perspective, like, are we talking like enterprise, small, medium-sized companies? Who is the? Because I can just sort of hear it now that you know it's like, oh, this would apply to the small business, which mm-hmm. kind of was where I went. Is thinking, okay, those are more manageable versus the you know large enterprise organizations. What are mm-hmm. what are you seeing in terms of the interest? Yeah, honestly, it's been all over the board. Our initial contracts have been with smaller companies. Yes,、uh, we've seen significant increases in interest from growth stage startups, and frankly, I think that that's going to be our sweet spot because startups are trying to be as capital efficient as they possibly can. And so, having on-demand workspace, especially in a climate that is really unpredictable <laughs> right now, it makes a lot more sense. To just pay for space when you need it, and don't pay for space when you don't, versus being locked into the fixed costs of a 10-year lease. But we're also having conversations with Fortune 500 companies. In fact, we're on the cusp of signing a contract with one of them. And so, really, at the end of the day, it's any company that has office workers that can work remotely and want to work remotely.、Yeah. And are these companies? What are you seeing from a real estate perspective? Are they maintaining the existing real estate that they have, or are they looking to potentially reduce the existing real estate to enable these types of services? Yeah, it's both. There are some companies that have contracted with us that have never had space, and they've always operated in some remote fashion and made use of flex space, and now are really keen to、um, to start using radius spaces. Because that's the thing is that a lot of those types of customers may have used a more traditional co-working space before because that is also on demand. It is also more flex than a ten-year lease, but those tend to be centrally located, whereas you know we're not. <laughs> we're everywhere else, right? So、um, it offers a little bit more more flexibility. But then there are companies who are stuck in leases for yet another one or two years. And so we're starting to pilot on things like offsites that they would have to be doing anyway, regardless of whether they had office space or not. We're developing those relationships, and they're starting to offer our spaces to their employees just as a test to see will people want this. And what we're finding is that they do, which makes them that much more confident in not renewing their lease when it comes up. Yeah, it's, it's it's 
crazy to think like something so simple, but like you said, it's all about, you know, the comforts of home and, and feeling like you can still enjoy that, but be in a completely different environment with coworkers. I mean, I know from personal experience, again, you know, when we were in the throes of the pandemic, you know, getting together with some coworkers that live in Toronto here and just kind of trying to figure out, okay, <laughs> whose house are we going to meet at? to be able to have, you know, working sessions that were a requirement. And it's awkward, right? Especially at the beginning. I mean, at the time I was, you know, fairly new to the organization. So you don't really know who those people are. Yes, they're coworkers, but you're inviting them into your home. And there was not necessarily, I don't know how to describe it. It's just a, an awkward feeling, maybe again, just being a woman. And I kind of wonder, you know, would I feel differently if I was going into a a facility or a, a, a an Airbnb type of situation to have that where it's a neutral space, you know, from a safety perspective, how do you how do you address the safety aspect? It's a it's a very good question, and you know, it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge everywhere, you mm-hmm. know. And so we are very careful, first of all, in how we are vetting our hosts. Because that's where it starts, right? Because you're entering the home of somebody that doesn't necessarily live there because a lot of our properties are investment properties, but you're entering somebody's home. And of course, we're a startup now. So we can, we can do this with the, this number and scale of properties that we have, but we vet every one of our hosts and we actually meet all of them. We know all of them personally at this point. Mm-hmm. As we move forward, things like background checks and confirming identity are going to be, are going to be huge because with any kind of platform, you're really putting your, your trust in, in the hands of these hosts and you want to make right. sure that they can be, but vice versa. Right. We want to make sure that our hosts feel confident that the guests that are going to be staying there for the day are going to be responsible, too. And so one of the great things that we get to tell them is that compared to a platform for vacation rentals where people are staying overnight and are uh, there for recreation versus work with a platform like Radius, these are working professionals in your home, not somebody there to recreate and you know who their boss is because we know who they work for. And they're only there for the day and not overnight. And so there's going to be less and less wear and tear. And so the safety aspect goes goes both ways. Right. Right. OK. No, this has been uh, this has been fantastic. Like I said, it's definitely a fresh new idea. I think the the whole concept of choice has exploded <laughs> in the last couple of years because, you know, People are finding new places to work. You know, we've certainly have broken the mold with respect to where, how, when people work. And there's really no limitation with respect to where that where that can actually happen. And mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of, you know, people being open minded to it. And it certainly appeals to the personal choice that people have. Right. Is that there's different comfort levels around where you want to work, how far away from home and kind of what the overall experience is. And experience is a very personal thing. I always liken it to the idea of, you know, going away on vacation and you check with your friends or you ask your friends of, you know, where have you been or make a recommendation and they go on about something that's really fantastic. And then you take their advice and you go and you're like, this isn't really what I expected because it's a completely different experience, like your expectations and their expectations are very, very different. And so I think mm-hmm. the whole workplace model, I think, is following suit. Right. So yeah. 
No, this is this has been really great. It's nice yeah. to see sort of new ideas come to fruition and just kind of, you know, see where where the market takes it and 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 mm-hmm. you know what what comes of it. So, any yeah. final comments, thoughts? I I just want to echo what you said about flexibility and choice. Everybody is so different, right? What it's we have such a diverse workforce, which is a beautiful thing. But with that come diverse needs and diverse desires. And if there's any silver lining that's come out of the pandemic, I think it's that it it enabled a lot of people to take a step back, take a pause and think about what do I want in my life? What's important to me? And now that it's safe to be out of the house again, we can start living that. And so those companies who offer their employees choice, whatever that choice looks like, the more choice, the better, the more options, the better, in my view. But offer people choice and they're going to stay with you. You know, be rigid and you're probably going to lose a lot of talent. And we've already started seeing it. People want autonomy, flexibility and choice. And I'm really excited about that because I think that many, many of us are going to feel far more fulfilled not just in our careers, but in our lives moving forward. Totally, totally agree. Well, thank you very much for your time, Amina. I really enjoyed this conversation. I uh, look forward to seeing more in the news about Radius and, you know, where Radius is going to is going to be going in the not too distant future. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your yeah. time. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. 